everyone, welcome to yet another Global Fly Fisher podcast from the beautiful Danish coast. This is Global Fly Fisher partner Martin Jorgensen speaking, and um, today I'm going to talk to you about catching garfish. Garfish, for the, um, the people who don't know, are a kind of needlefish. It's not like the American gar, uh, but more like the Atlantic needlefish, a fish that you find um, on the African coast in the Atlantic, for instance, big fish. But these are not that big. These are smaller needlefish. The Latin name for these garfish in the Danish waters is belone belone. So um, just to set things straight. These are quite nice fish to catch. They're very easy to catch. They're, uh, they grow fairly big. They can grow up to a couple of feet long and weigh a pound or something like that. And on a fly rod, they're really great fun to, um, to catch. Uh, and as I said, they're easy to catch. Actually, right now, which is in the beginning of May, they're absolutely unavoidable. You can't avoid catching them no matter what you throw out. Be it a lure or a big fly or a small fly, you're definitely going to get bites and takes and um, constantly have contact with garfish because they're so numerous. You see them in the water mating. They mate in the open water over the seaweed um, to spawn in the in the wheat uh, and um, have their their fry grow and feed on what what's available in the in the seaweed. So um, definitely one of the the most numerous fish that we have in the in the Danish seas. But only during May, late April, early May, mid May, and then it slowly uh, becomes less and less and when we get into like June, we might catch a few, but they're they're gone. Just today, Henning, who I'm with, and myself have probably caught close to 50 fish. And this morning when we started, uh, we actually gave up counting and and started counting casts without fish, casts without contact which probably amounted to something between five and ten casts between us the whole morning until half past one or something like that. It was impossible to make a cast and not have contact with fish. They go for the fly, they touch the fly, pull on the fly, sometimes bite and swallow the fly, but mostly you just feel the, the, the tug of the fish and um, and that's it, and it's gone again. But be sure that before you've taken two more strips, you'll have another one, and yet another one, and another one again, and one of them is bound to, to stick. It's, um, it's a fun fish, it's a very energetic fish, it's really, really strong compared to its weight, and I actually started out fishing a small four-weight rod this morning, which uh, was quite a lot of fun. Uh, 
the fish will jump and run and dance on their tails and it's quite amazing how much uh, how much uh, energy they can uh, they can uh, show but um, well later on I changed to a uh, my usual sea trout outfit, uh, a six-weight rod and, and some bigger flies, and uh, I still had a lot of takes, but uh, didn't bring so many uh, so many fish to hand. One of the keys to having success with garfish on a fly is uh, is uh, fishing a, a small fly. And small is actually really small, like like twelves, fourteens, sixteens. The reason being that uh, it's so much easier to hook them on the small fly. They're very, very hot in the beaks. They have long beaks and uh, and are really hot in the beak. And uh, and big hooks just don't penetrate uh, the the hard skin and the and the um, the beaks themselves. So uh, you want to you want to use a very small and very very sharp fly. And if you want to choose something, you should choose something bright, because these guys really uh, hunt with their with their sight and really um, look for something to eat and usually stuff like orange and chartreuse is really really good for um, for garfish while more subdued colors like brown and and black and tan and gray are not quite as good even though it works fine when the water is clear but uh, anyways another thing is if you want to be sure that you catch a garfish is to go out when the weather is really beautiful um, sunshine is definitely something they like. It brings them close to the shore for their mating rituals and their their spawning rituals, and uh, it also makes them more alert. Definitely also makes them uh, makes it easier for them to see the um, to see the the fly in the water. So sunshine, and also if you can get get a bit of wind, it's not exactly convenient unless of course it's from the right side but like all other fish the shelter of the wind makes these uh, fish less shy and you can easier it's it, it becomes very much easier to get uh, get them within um, casting uh, distance and uh, well fun stuff right now I'm sitting on the um, on the coast of the island where I live and uh, I've actually just released a small sea trout and a couple of garfish. We just arrived here like half an hour ago and I've it's not quite the, the fish are not quite as abundant here as they, they were at the first place we uh, we fished this morning, but there are still quite a few fish around. You see them boiling in the water when they when they play and you see them um, and you, you see them uh, jump and skip and uh, and definitely you feel them in every second cast or something like that you have contact. I've been fishing a sea trout fly, my usual gray woolly bugger kind of uh, fly, but I'm going to change now to a smaller fly and, and probably uh, try catching uh, garfish while recording. So uh, so let's see. As I said, small flies, um, bright colors uh, is usually the, uh, the, uh, the way to do things. Let me just grab a picture of my, my fly box here. I'm sorry if... Uh, we have a bit of noise right now because I'm just kind of fumbling my my camera. I'm trying to avoid too much noise uh, in the microphone. But anyways, um, see my fly box here. It's always fun to see. Oh, you can actually see the recorder in the background on the on the ground there. 
click. Uh, I have a few bright flies, but I'm going to choose um, one on a really small hook, uh, the smallest hook I have in the box, and it's a red tack um, peacock curl and uh, red yarn as a tail, and um, uh, tied on a small small hook, and then uh, with a uh, with a hackle, a brown hen hackle. It's a great fly. It's a universal fly that can be used for almost anything that swims, and uh, it's it's great for uh, for garfish uh, as well as uh, sea trout and anything else. So, and the ones I have here are probably tied on a size 10 hook, and it's a heavy hook, so it's not perfect for the the purpose. Actually, I would have liked to have some even even smaller ones. Um, uh, tied on uh, on 12s or 14s and with very very thin um, thin wire, but uh, well we'll have to do with this and see see what works. And also I check it. I need a hook which is really really sharp, uh, and uh, I just check with my my finger that it's perfect. If it isn't perfect, I choose another one, or maybe I just give it a a small um, uh, s strike or two on the on the hook sharpener. I have a ceramic hook sharpener in my in my jacket, but I'll just leave it at this. And um, this feels really really sharp. Okay, flies ready, and I will get into the water and um, see what we can do with regards to catching a fly fish. Oh, sorry, catching a garfish on the fly on the, on the podcast here. I just need to get a hold of my dog. It's uh, running around along the beach here, and uh, right now I've lost sight of him. And Henning is further down the beach, so uh, probably the dog is with, uh, with him. Actually, yes, I see them both now. They're sitting on the, on the edge of the, uh, of the grass right next to, right down to the water. So, um, okay. Let's get in the water and catch a garfish. I've seen several of these foils, as I call them, uh, which are, uh, in essence, just uh, a bunch of garfish, a dozen or more garfish, garfish rolling in the surface while, while mating. Um, and they do that over shallow water, typically a meter or so, two, three feet of water. And... Um, while mating, you probably won't have much uh, have much fun uh, fishing for them because they usually occupy their minds with uh, something else than eating. But uh, as soon as they've stopped, I mean, the minute after they've stopped, they're eating again. And I'm fishing quite close to the shore here. I'm I'm just right on the edge of the of the shore, not very far out, and just uh, casting out maybe 20 meters or so, that's probably 50 or 60 feet, and um, just casting and, and letting the fly sit there for a minute, and then strip back just as you would fish for sea trout, small 20, 25, 30 centimeter strips, one foot at a time, and just wait for the uh, the, the tuck of the fish. Yep, that was the first one. 
And as soon as I feel the tug, I usually just leave the fly there in the uh, in the water and uh, and uh, wait for the fish to return. These fish will will typically bump the fly. They will. There's a theory that they bump the fly with their with their beaks and kind of stun the the prey and return to it when it's when it's stunned and turn around and go back and swallow it. So if I feel anything, I just leave the fly for a moment. And often uh, times it just uh, it just happens that the fish will pick up the fly and and try to swallow it, meaning that I will actually uh, be able to hook the fly in the next strip. So as soon as I feel anything, I just leave it there for just a second or two, and then I strip again. And it's not rare that the fish is... Whoops, another one. Oops, nope. Didn't stick on there. And that's the next thing. These guys are really difficult to get to stick on the hook. My hook is actually a bit on the big side, so I'm going to have a hard time, even though it's a 10 um, size hook. And as you can imagine, a small red tag size 10 is not a big and visible fly in the ocean. It's a very, very small fly. It's uh, less than a centimeter or less than a fourth or fifth of an inch in length. And, um, or sorry, half an inch or one third of an inch in length. And it's, uh, it's only visible because of the, uh, of, the bright, uh, of the bright red tag. And still these fish are really have no trouble at all seeing it. And same thing goes for the sea trout, which has no trouble seeing a fly like that in, in uh, clear water like what we have today. So hopefully we'll get some action in a minute and see what happens. Just let things go here. I'm just casting and stripping as I just searching the water and taking a step every time I've, I've cast out the fly. And I'm going to see what what happens here. The wind is uh, getting a bit stronger, which is good because it kind of disturbs the surface and uh, gives us uh, um, a better uh, Better chance of uh, getting fish close to the shore and uh, having fish that actually want to bite because very smooth water is usually very uh, scary. Oh, there was a fish right in front of me just turning in the surface. And these garfish, you will see them everywhere. And it's not like trout. You can't, you can't be sure that just because you cast to a place where you've seen a fish, you'll catch one or you'll get a, a take because had it been a trout, it would just turn and go for the fly immediately. Sea trout do that, but garfish are much more reluctant. They kind of follow the fly for a long uh, way and uh, bump and kind of, sort of bite and try and probe the fly and nothing really happens. And uh, I don't know why that is, but uh, actually it seems to be more successful just to cast and wait for the fish to see the fly and follow. It might be because this is the fish that we see in the surface are not at all eating. They're just, they're just uh, mating or looking for something else. So as I said, not much happening right now, not much to see, no fish in the surface or anything like that. So I'm just going to 
cast my way along here which is something that you have to get used to when fishing in the ocean you just have to in these parts of the world at least not expect to see much and just uh, just slowly fish yourself along the, um, the along the beach and uh, and probe the water and try casting in in front of you in all directions and just see what happens because the fish will usually see the fly if it passes by them in, within a, a sensible distance and uh, that's what we're trying to obtain here even though it doesn't really seem very successful right now this morning this would have been impossible I wouldn't have been able to make like like I've done now six seven casts without a contact I would have had fish now in my hand but we decided to move anyway because as I said we caught so many of them and uh, and we wanted to uh, to see if we could get a sea trout instead so we were actually in a place that where it's not quite as likely to get a, a garfish so I may have chosen the wrong time of day to record my um, my podcast but anyway this is slow 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 which is quite amazing actually one of the reasons that it's probably slowed down is that we the clouds have drawn over and uh, the sun has disappeared fishing for garfish is definitely best in sunshine the brighter the better they love sunshine and as soon as the sun shines you can see them in the surface um, and just constantly you will constantly feel the, the, the fish and um, when it's cloudy it's like they uh, they slow down a bit and uh, don't feed as much and don't um, mate as much so uh, it does reduce your chances of, uh, of catching anything but on the other hand it probably um, gives you a better chance of catching uh, sea trout so depending on what you want you can you can fish sunshine as well as as overcast so uh, and there's no reason why you shouldn't be able to catch um, a garfish in the over overcast weather or sea trout in the sunshine but it's just like your chances are not quite as good as the other way around I put on the sea trout fly again and uh, for some reason they seem to like that I'm just getting a lot more bumps now so there's a quite a better chance that I I get one to hand let's see
right in front of me, I overlined one, which got scared. It's quite typical, actually, that you cast out, whoops, good take there. You cast out like 20, 30 meters. I've got another one following here. And then you overline them and just spook fish which are quite close to you, just five, six meters out. 20 feet or something, maybe even less. They do like my sea trout fly more than they like the orange flies that I tried. And the small flies, so... Whoop, another one there. Go get it. But, I have the... Yeah, got one. Oh, lost it again. Uh, but I have the problems getting them to uh, to stick on the hook. I can, I can feel the weight, and as soon as I tighten, uh, I may make a, a strip strike. I lose it again. I just see the fish in the surface out in front of me, so it's, it can be quite frustrating, but it's on the other hand quite great fun. I mean, the action, the activity, and the knowledge of the fact that there's fish out there. It's always great fun. Again, three, four times in the same cast. I have probably less than five meters of line out. I still get get bumps. Another thing you can try is actually, if you want to, is, is two flies. A big one to lure them in and a small one to hook them. Could be this one, which is obviously very interesting. And then uh, a very small one to, to try to get them to get to take that one and and get get hooked Another strategy is to speed up the fly and hope for the fish to simply get stuck on the on the fly while it's chasing it because of the of your steady pull. I usually don't like doing that because the uh, the tendency that you foul hook the fish, which is not really nice. Uh, it's kind of they turn and 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 toss around the uh, around the place where they've struck the fly the first time and as soon as you start pulling you there's a risk that you actually just pull the uh, the fly right into the flesh of the fish rather than the uh, than the mouth so but it it can be efficient if you want to get fish just to increase speed but uh, doesn't help much right now
two strikes. Three. Yep, this one is stuck there. Okay, got one. You can hopefully hear this happy splashing and it's really running. Usually you don't want to get the fish into your... Whoa, this is great fun. You don't want to get the fish into your loose line because they just kind of scoot around. Let me get a picture of this one for you. Um, they really spin around and they get tangled into everything. So, yep, that was a fish in the air. And let's get another one. These are really speedy fish. They're really fast swimmers. And let's get a picture of the, the fly in the beak. You can see why these are difficult to, um, to hook. Just grab them around there. All right. See this one. There, you see it's stuck in the in the uh, in the beak there. It's one of my absolutely most common uh, sea trout flies. And it's obviously also quite efficient for for garfish. Okay, let him swim. Just gonna. Oh, that was a garfish on. And another thing you get from garfish is green scales. You get them all over the place. These guys have green scales and green legs. Or sorry, green, not green legs, green bones. Um, I don't know what, why it is so, but they obviously have some compound in the, uh, in the, um, in the bone structure, the whatever that makes it green, and uh, and whenever you eat them, you'll see the green bones inside them, and whenever you grab one, you'll get green scales on your fingers, um, and uh, well, that's the way it is, a garfish. On uh, on the podcast, that was good. At least one, not fantastic, but great to have a fish again on record. Probably number thirty for today, or something like that. Not quite, but maybe number twenty-five. But it's definitely been a very very hectic day, particularly this morning. So. Um, Yep. Oh no. Lost that one again. It took again now. And it's stuck. No, it's off. Whoa. It's quite amazing. Like three or four times you feel it during a, a, a cast and, and stripping back and still they don't stick on there. It's quite amazing. I can tell you that my hooks are sharp. Really sharp. I just I just uh, sharpened them. The, the one that I've got on on my, my hook sharpener. And it's uh, just needle sharp but 
still, if the fly doesn't get into the mouth of the fish and, and you, you're not able to pull it into the, the beak, it's, uh, well, it doesn't, it doesn't get hooked. Well, well, I think I'm going to call it a day for, with regards to the, uh, the podcast at least. Um, I just had fish turning right in front of me. I might just give it a few more seconds here, but uh, if nothing happens, I'm, uh, I'm going to wrap up this podcast and uh, say uh, thank you for listening. Had a take there. <laughs> oh, I see him. I see him in the surface right in front of me. It's uh, quite funny sometimes these guys just kind of... It's a single fish and it just kind of uh, mills around in the surface. Okay, another take there. Nope. Well, well, let's say goodbye. Thank you for listening to the Global Fly Fisher podcast. Take care of yourself. Remember to go fishing. And uh, if you ever get to Denmark in May, go gar fishing. Bye bye. <laughs>